questions about how how what those differences uh, in how and how frequent uh, we we uh, message those things um, for residents. Right. We've and for actually all of our communities, really, we have a, a three pronged approach for how we communicate with them, which is a change your actions, uh, like sustainable upgrades to retrofit your home, et cetera, to showcase your actions and then engage others. And as we uh, message all of the different things that people can do to change their actions, right? We wanna make sure that once they've done that or as they are doing that, that they're also showcasing that across social media, across uh, signage, across even uh, by applying a, a bumper sticker to their, uh, to their cars. And then in that way, they can start to engage others to do the same. So in that same strain, when it comes to businesses, we have to communicate with them differently than we would residents, right? So for businesses, first change your actions. It might be invest in sustainable upgrades to your facility. It might be apply for these existing climate action grants or replace your older equipment with efficient models. Here's how to, right? Then showcase your actions. Um, already businesses wanna be part of the solution. So give them a platform through which to do so. Have them share stories on Project 51 about what their company is doing. Have them use the climate action at work business templates which we're providing, show how change happens there, or even get, get them certified as a green business. Um, and then finally, engage others. People go into businesses. Businesses are untapped resources. They can help engage more people. They can be business ambassadors as well. And then for community-based organizations, enlist them as partners in helping reduce greenhouse gas reductions. Through them, they basically have access to all these other micro-influencers, as we call them. So first, change their actions. There's a lot they can do to change their actions. There's a lot they can do to showcase what they're doing. And most importantly, through the community-based organizations, they can engage others to join them in taking action. So. It might be that they send out and all of their action, all the, all the newsletters they send out, they might decide to put an action matter section. They might decide to um, use their social media to blast out calls to action. So uh, we've created a calendar of, uh, well, of tons of different types of examples of uh, how we could implement uh, this campaign. Uh, from the, the notion of the butterfly effect where everything is related uh, and everything is connected to uh, showcasing a humanistic approach to uh, uh, commuting uh, to a variety of other. Yeah, examples. so, so and, and this is our school colors here. You've seen, you've seen our logo lock up and you've seen Goldie and this idea of the yellow blue and the orange with the green. This is something that we're, we're going to use as a brand to link all this together in, in with the messaging as well. So the Action Matters Iowa City Climate Action logo that is first and foremost here, this is a bus shelter, and then you see reduce, reuse, cycle. So it's interesting that it's telling you a commuting idea and it's also you know housed in the greater idea of every action matters. And you'll see this kind of play throughout. So here we have Goldie on the bus, Action Matters, and uh, Climate Action. This bus route is 100% reusable. So we like the idea that we can have a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek um, approach to the tone. And you'll see, once again, this blue field. You have one unread message. 
replace your aging appliances with energy efficient models. Action matters, Iowa City Climate Action. So these little bits uh, strategically placed at the right time with the right person can, can really mean a lot. I mean, this is a poster right here, but this poster could be in a school, it could be in a business, it could be like on, on, on the street, and it could start to find a different audience and, and be more important to the, you know, the action that needs to happen in that particular spot. We also think that that a lot of these engage th these types of signage and and this collateral can be customized with appropriate calls to action depending upon what the thing is whether it is the uh, climate fest or the uh, bike to work week or car free L uh, the car free LA or or whatever the 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 specific uh, uh, engagement vehicle is it's uh, this would be an easy collateral for for people to get involved. Um, by giving people specific calls to action, whether that's text climate or with a QR code or whatever, Goldie starts to have not just legs, but uh, greater wings. <laughs> and Goldie's like the idea of like, oh, a little birdie told me, we can right. really kind of ride that out. And Goldie could be the person who gives, just gives you the little hint, the little nudge and keeps the community together. We also, uh, acknowledge that the current sustainability newsletter, which is called, uh, Iowa City Sustainability Newsletter, uh, have, there's an opportunity for that to, to now be Action Matters, right? So, and under this umbrella of Change Starts Here, where you, we could really reframe the discussion in, in terms of, of not just change, but all of the actions that lead to it. Uh, across social media, an easy fix or something that could be really easy and captivating would be to create these kind of... Uh, banners, buttons, and frames that not just the city, but uh, residents can use to create visibility and engagement. Um, they can actually customize this where with things that says the grass in the medium is being watered with gray water, gray water connected during storms, or, or here's a picture of me at uh, a, a demonstration or at an event. Um, one one uh, idea is this idea of a, a, a bingo, the climate action bingo card where uh, residents can receive their cards like during climate fest. And then de depending upon how many actions they get checked off, there can be prizes either offered by the city or by businesses. And what it does is it reinforces the notion of all of the different things that can that people can do on an ongoing basis to to reinforce uh, visibility and engagement and ultimately action. Um, we know that the uh, website is uh, is in the process of being redeveloped. Uh, one of the things we want to make sure of is that the uh, Action Matters moniker and the theme uh, makes its way to the website as well and that it, it uh, becomes just as connected and just as uh, um, uh, and com communicates the same level of, of messaging. And so like all these examples are showing, we only have a few more here. They're all different ways to help people change their actions, showcase their actions, and then engage others in those actions. So climate-based social marketing, they have CTAs, calls to action that get people to change their actions. You need to have multiple ways and places they see that. So imagine in the downtown district at a major intersection, you have a, you are here. What a marvelous opportunity to eat and shop locally. Right, Sorry. or signage such as this about shop local. There are ways to get people to once again reduce their waste, but they'll be hit multiple times with this message. 
Um, again, just like we said, if we provide tools to various community-based organizations and to residents and to businesses, such as these banners you have here, more people can tell the story of what they're doing and tie it back to what the city is doing and how all of us together are creating change. I love this one because just the idea that if you provide the art to businesses, you know, they could put something up in their store of something they're already selling that ties back to the campaign that helps them both feel like part of it, but also elevate what residents can do in little ways that will create change. We've created uh, uh, part of what we saw as the opportunity here is to create a whole bunch of tools for CBOs, for businesses, and for community members that they can uh, start to, to use on their own. Uh, so templates, uh, letterhead, uh, flyers, and, and uh, communication tools that can that can be done by residents, by for businesses, for CBOs, and um, so that this isn't just. Uh, by the city. It's actually for and by all of the members of the city. Um, and so with that, we say change starts here. So did the, so discussions and questions. Yeah, discussions and questions. And just so you all know, this is a very abbreviated deck. We have a lot of tools we provided Sarah and her team with, as well as specific messaging by audience and all kinds of other things and all the different goldie positions, but we'd love to answer and field any questions you all have. Um, and just so that we're sure to be fair to our other presenters, uh, we have about th three minutes for discussion and questions. Many apologies for that. Can I jump in? I have a, so is it locked in that it's this Goldie mascot? Or it is locked in? So I have a so I want to say I appreciate the, the, the consistency relatable, using humor. These are all great things. I appreciate how much you thought about that. I am really concerned about using this mascot. Number one, it's a bird. This is the Hawkeyes. There's a red, there's just gonna be confusion about anybody seeing a bird that has black and gold on it. There is a version of the Hawkeye mascot that is a little hawk, a little hawk. It looks pretty similar to what you have here, at least to my eye, when you first showed the very first image of it, that's what immediately popped into my mind, little hawk. There's the high school they are called little hawk so while it does probably look like a goldfinch I, I and i realize i'm being a pretty strong view here but i do not think it should be a bird i i think if you're going to choose a mascot it should be something that is distinct to the city not connected to the university and that if you need something, maybe even a butterfly is something good. While a butterfly is seen as something fragile, it's an extremely resilient creature. And the city is known for the butterfly festival that it has held for years and years. So if it needs to be some kind of living creature, I would say go with a butterfly. But I think it is going to be just very confusing to the public here to use a bird and that bird in particular, and with the way it looks, the, the cartoon version. And I'm sorry to be so strong on that, but I, I've worked in communications and images and logos, so I, I not that I, you know, everyone's opinion here matters, but I wanna say, I say that with respect to how hard you have all worked and what it takes to do visual and uh, media campaigns and well, all that goes along with it. I, I'll jump in here and second that. My first, my absolute first thought was like, I went to City High and was like, yeah, that 
like that looked like <laughs> what I would see when I went to high school for some of this stuff. Um, if it's if it's not locked, if it is locked in, I would say changing just changing the shading on the arms just a little bit because when they're folded, it looks like just a bird with just you know like a solid black thing across the front. You can't really tell that it's the wings or arms. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've had this. You all know we've had a lot of discussion about this, and and the, and the goldfinch was. I mean, Sarah, you can chime in too. But the goldfinch was something that was strongly recommended to us, and was we were you know we were kind of locked to that. Um, and we, given how we presented this goldfinch as the bird who's leading this, we even initially created a lot of mock-ups of how it can coexist with the hawk how it can actually supplement and support the Hawkeye, you know, both state, the college, all the other birds that do exist in this space. So I think I, I could be wrong. I, I'm 99% sure that is locked in just to not stop it, but I think that's where we're at. But um, yeah. Um, yeah. I can okay. I uh, don't want to add to the fervor here, but I totally agree with the first uh, couple of speak. I love your overall concept. I love the action matters. I love the change action, showcase actions, engage others. I am really bothered by a cute, altruistic, good citizen, cute little bird, because that reminds me that nobody's gonna do a damn thing to save whales or polar bears or cute little birds. They're going to do these actions for Three reasons: their their concept that uh, you can sell, and you've given some very good thoughts on selling concepts to the brain, uh, passion to the heart. But in the end, I am sorry, a cute goldfinch is not going to sell the most important thing we've got to sell, and that's ROI dollars. What's in it for me? Bucks. And I like everything that you've done, but I just don't see how the goldfinch ties it together. I, I'm way off base because I'd almost rather see Scrooge McDuck with a bag of money than a goldfinch because I would like to to show how every single action is going to affect somebody's wallet in some way, shape, or form. And I don't think the goldfinch is going to do it. And I'm sorry. I apologize for that because I you love... You apologize for perspectives ever. No, I... Yeah. I, I love the whole overall approach, but it's just... Uh, I've been fighting with people too long about saving whales and understand that that ain't the way to do it. And uh, there are too many people that don't even know what a goldfinch is and it's our state bird. And they aren't even, they're not even aware of it. And the confusion factor with Erky is, uh, is a deal killer in my opinion. So in fairness to cause impact, <laughs> in oh, fairness to cause impacts and in the consideration of time, I will say that we did steer them in this direction. And it was the result of many long conversations, um, both with them and internally. Um, I'd be happy to speak to that further. I think at this point, given that it's the mascot we have, um, maybe our discussion can focus on deploying it effectively, which I think there are ways to do, and I think Cause Impacts has provided us with some important tools that will help with that in ways that will distinguish it from the University of Iowa's Herky, but still make it complementary to, to those efforts. So um, 
I don't, I don't, I certainly don't want to cut off the conversation, but I also don't want cause impacts to get beaten up for a discussion or a decision that was made on the, more on this end than that end. Uh, that clarifies it a little bit, like knowing that like the city was kind of had, had something to say, you know, was involved in that decision too. That clarifies things. I have like a, like small little comments. Can we like email them or reach out in some way, shape or form to say, Hey, changing this little thing might might help yeah absolutely, absolutely and, always and even in the chat if you're on you know since you're on zoom if you want to chat either me directly or the group i'm, I'm i can stay on and, and gather chat comments as well as okay. get um get emails i'll put my email in the chat it's just jessica at causeimpacts.com but i'll put it in the chat since you're on here gabriel you can just chat me as well that sounds good thank you yeah i was gonna say uh um for me uh, this is stratus um, I love the tagline "Action Matters." Um, I like the the bus, the sign, the mockups you did with the color schemes and how it projects in the in the, the top line message there. I think that as someone who's like lives climate change and, and works in that area, that it is a call to action, and that's how I started to think about these things. Is is we have to activate people. Recording than, in progress. Rather than problematize uh, the issues, so I love that that campaign, and I love the color scheme and how that like, looked on the bus stop on the mockup. Uh, I think that's great work. I won't get into the mascot, obviously. Um, you know, I 100% I, I agree with people that, that that yellow and black can be confusing, but I also think that recording stopped. We are, Iowa City is part of uh, the university. There's a, there's a lot of synergy there. I just don't want it to be something where Learfield Sports or the university views it as us cannibalizing um, their brand. And and as long as they understand that and don't see and it doesn't come back on the city, you have the, have had those discussions. That's good. Otherwise, I could see them being very aggressive and, and angry about a black and yellow bird that looks the way it does, mm -hmm. trying to posture as part of the university's outreach. But I mean, and I'm, I'm less uh, concerned about the mascot itself. Personally, John, I know where you stand, but I feel as though little kids, my daughters, would see that and recognize it and get excited about it, which would make me excited even if I was a grinchy parent. If I just see the climate action stuff, I'll go to my polarized political camp and say, that's those liberals doing whatever in the city or that's something not for me. But if it's something disarming where my kid's like, there's that bird, it makes me look at the poster, it makes me think about it. So there could be different ways to get this, right? You can just do the wording and you, I can see that as an adult, but if it's on a bus stop, why not have something that's attractive, that's cute, that gets my attention and is disarming? Because at least my zero to 15 year old might think it's, you know, there's that bird again and it gets my attention. I worry about the colors. And, and I know we've had that discussion and so I won't pile on there. Uh, thank you, Stratus. Now in the essence of time, I know you all have another presentation and presenter. We are open, please send comments or emails and know that the, the mascot is one of the seven tent poles, right? Or strategies, overarching ideas here. So I know it's easy to get stuck on one, but action matters, change starts here. Um, those things I hope are things you can grasp onto. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. I'm sorry, I had just, I know what we're trying to move on, but I, I just want to ask a question about timeline. Um, so do we know when the brand, the campaign is expected to launch or not? We don't know quite yet the timing. So uh, we're, uh, 
we're pretty much at a, at a place where we're able to develop, we've developed most of the, the marketing materials and we're gonna create the toolkits for the city and for businesses and for CBOs. So the, uh, the comprehensive toolkit will be available complete with uh, all of the templates and all of the materials that we've uh, developed to date by the end of the week. Thank you. Sarah, can we get the slides for this? Yes, absolutely. Okay, thank you. I'll, I'll, yeah, I'd like to see the slides too, just to be, to be able to read them a little bit more in depth. Great, well, thank you so much for all that information, Jessica, Scott, and Steve, we appreciate it. Thank you Thank all. you, our pleasure. Recording in progress. So next uh, recording stopped. <laughs> Go ahead. Sarah, next agenda item. The next item on the agenda is the presentation of the draft Iowa City Solar Study. Um, and I think it might, I hate to do it, but I think we've got five minutes left in the meeting. Uh, we might want to discuss whether we're willing to stay a little late. We have until five, right? Oh, my goodness. I'm looking at the wrong clock. Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> Next item, presentation by Jason. <laughs> a gift of time. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm Cheryl Miller. Um, so, so we have uh, a half hour. Is that what I'm understanding? <laughs> yes. Sorry about that, Cheryl. <laughs> so, is, there's a slide presentation that we put together. There we go. Very good. Okay. Thank you. Um, Yes, I, I'm. Uh, I guess we're. I guess we're the new business, uh, which is uh, more auspicious, I guess, uh, particularly for the first meeting of the year, uh, to bring you something new to to, to take on. Um, my name is Cheryl Miller. I'm a member of the uh, Johnson Clean Energy District. Um, the other presenters here today are David Osterberg. Um, with Common Good Iowa, Travis Krause from the Iowa University of Iowa's Iowa Initiative for Sustainable Communities, and Scott Spack from the Department of, of Public Planning and Public Affairs at the university. The three of us are um, going to present uh, the, the report about Iowa City Solar 2035. Next slide. The um, study, what, what we are here is representing a larger group of people that met over the past year about expanding solar energy in Iowa City, not shown here. Um, they are um, uh, a larger research team that includes uh, Scott Spack, as I've just mentioned, um, Adam Skibby from the uh, GIS uh, department, Regina Bailey, who conducted the public survey that we uh, conducted last May, Warren McKenna and Steve Fugate, our solar consultants. We got a lot of help from Iowa City staff, um, particular shout out to Rachel Kilberg and Ashley Monroe, also Sarah and 
many people on the staff who gave us feedback and guidance over the last year. And we also had an advisory group that actually <clears throat> coming to this commission uh, meeting makes me realize that quite a few of us have seen parts of this report as it's developed. Uh, Becky at Johnson County, um, Ben Grimm from the school district and Matt uh, from the commission here have all had some exposure to this through our advisory council, as well as people from uh, the utilities, uh, Midwest, uh, Mid-American and um, Eastern Iowa Light Power. Next slide. So, <clears throat> pardon me, <laughs> my dog isn't too noisy. Um, <clears throat> why, we, why we conducted this study is, um, we kind of took up the challenge that was presented to Iowa City when a decision was made not to proceed with the waterworks centralized or solar farm about a year and a half ago. Um, we were um, disappointed that um, a, the promise of a, of a community solar project wasn't uh, going to be met and decided to try to see if additional sites could be found. Um, we were also interested, though, in comments by city councilors that we should really step back and look at different options and approaches to expanding solar in Iowa City. So we, um, so we expanded our vision to um, look at other things that could be considered here besides, um, besides a single project. We wanted to support the, the um, action goals that are um, in the city's climate action plan. There's four of them in particular that we pulled out as really something that solar could play a role in. And those are <clears throat> increasing renewable energy in order to support electrification of greater electrification of buildings. Um, initiate community solar projects. Third, expanding the electric transportation infrastructure in Iowa City. And four, is to, is to make plans for greater emergency resilience of the emergency services and just for em emergency services in general. Iowa City's commitment to <clears throat> equity in its programming, of course, also affected our thinking. <coughs> particularly with uh, energy. Sorry, I'm struggling with a cold. <clears throat> so we understand that you have <clears throat> spent quite a bit of time looking at this study already <clears throat> and want to kind of quickly move through it and so we can maximize the time we have for discussion. So I'll turn it over to Travis to talk about the findings. Thanks, Cheryl, um, and thanks to the Climate Action Committee for, for having us join you today. Um, so I'm just going to talk about some of the key findings, which are um, discussed in much more detail in the report, but um, help kind of set the stage for um, some of the slides that we have following this. Um, as Cheryl mentioned, um, one of the project goals was to try to identify alternatives to the wastewaters project. Um, and this is where the Department of Geography and Sustainability Sciences and Adam Skibby were incredibly valuable. So they did a, uh, some mapping to try to determine where suitable sites could be. Um, and as you probably all understand, well, uh, it was a challenge to find locations that are suitable. There are a few that um, are discussed in the report. and We'll talk about those a little bit here as well. Um, some of the things that, that I think 
fall into that discussion are competing interests. Um, of course, uh, as you can see here on the on the small map that's here, uh, we looked at public lands and then we looked at public lands that also serve as parks because that was one of the reasons that the Waterworks Park um, project did not succeed. So, um, so there's potentially more work to do around thinking about what um, types of constraints and conflict areas might exist, but there may be some opportunities for large scale um, projects. Uh, the other thing that we identified um, is that there are some policies that make things like community solar difficult and 